Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, it's great to have you here with us at church today. And a big happy Mother's Day to all the mums out there. I want to say right from the get-go, big thank you to Mick and the team. I love the fact that I know that there's a disease, COVID-19, but that hasn't stopped us doing what God has called us to do, and that's to honour people. And we just wanted to spend a minute or two honouring some of our mums. We love you. You're doing amazing. We think you're fabulous. You're doing a great job. You've got this. Keep Going And actually, while I'm doing that, I also want to say a big thanks to Ashari and the KidGo team because I know they spent uh, all day yesterday delivering crafts to our KidGo families and there's a little gift for the KidGo mums. So be blessed. We hope you're having a great day. And again, Ashari and the team, you're doing an amazing job. We really love and appreciate it. Hey, I also know that Tony mentioned earlier in the service that sometimes this day is not an easy day for some people. And church, we want you to know if that's you, we want you to know that God knows, God loves you, He sees you and He cares for you. And I want to remind you that we as a church are exactly the same. We know, we see, we love and we care for you. And we want you to know, keep going. You've got this because God's got you. And I would just love the opportunity to be able to pray for us all this morning. I'm going to share the Word, but I just think it'd be right and fitting. Let's put God front and centre today. So if you're comfortable, why don't you just close your eyes right where you are as I pray for us all. Father, We thank You for the role of motherhood. We thank You for the gifts and the talents that You place in each and every woman. And I just pray right now for the mum who's struggling. Won't You come and be her strength? For the mum who's doubtful, won't You come and just give her a confidence? And for the women and the people who are struggling and have doubt and hurt and fear in their heart and mind, won't You come and be the God of all comfort that we know You to be? And I pray for every person listening today that they would know you, experience you and come into a deeper revelation and relationship with you this morning. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, it is Mother's Day and so I've got a message for us today. But I was reading an article this week, which I want to uh, share with you. And it simply is talking about the fact that our opinions of mum change over the years, just in terms of where we're at in life. And it simply went on to say this, to a four-year-old, mum can do anything. To an eight-year-old, mum knows a lot. To a 12-year-old, Yeah, mum doesn't know much of anything. To a 16-year-old, well, it's not even worth asking mum because she just doesn't know. To an 18-year-old, mum is way out of date. To a 25-year-old, hmm, mum may know a thing or two. To a 35-year-old, it's probably best to consult mum. To a 50-year-old, some people think, I wish I could actually ask mum. And to a 70-year-old, they often find themselves wondering, what would mum have said about this? And I don't know about you, I know that our opinions of mums can change throughout the years. But one thing that doesn't change is the fact that mum is a great 
influence it in our lives, especially when it comes to our younger and formative lives. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm aware that I probably took that for granted. I probably didn't let mum know how much of an influence she was in my life. In fact, I probably relied on the fact that she would just do everything. I played on the fact that she loved me, that she was for me, that hey, I was a gift to her and this was part of her role and what she wanted to do. But one thing that I heard a lot growing up, and I'm sure you may be in the same boat, but my dad used to always say, hey, don't leave it to mum. And in fact, it's something that Tony and I often have said to our kids in their younger days. Hey, don't leave it to mum. Are there any mums with me? Am I talking to the right people this morning? I mean, I don't know, but there's been times when the kids have all gone off to school or to work and you come into the kitchen and the sink is full of dishes. I mean, there's a perfectly good dishwasher sitting right there. It's empty. It's saying, hey, I'm here. Put the dishes in. But you walk into the kitchen and the sink is overflowing. You go into the laundry. And I mean, it's a miracle one if the actual clothes have made their way from the floor in the kids' rooms into the laundry. But the laundry basket's overflowing with uh, dirty clothes. The dog is barking because nobody's bothered to feed him. Nobody's taking him for a walk. There's finger marks all over the windows and the door. Let's not even mention what you see in the bottom of the toilet bowl. And honestly, it gets you thinking and asking yourself, like, am I the only person who lives here? Like, did I make all this mess? And the answer this morning is an emphatic no. You didn't do it all. The truth is all of us have had a part to play in making that mess and all of us have a role to play in doing that. And my encouragement for you today on this Mother's Day is this. Let's not leave it to mum. All the mum said, I hear you, I got it. In fact, church, I wanna go even further and let's not just not leave it to mum, but let's not leave it to dad. Let's not leave it to the pastor. Let's not leave it to our connect group leaders, to our leaders, to our teachers and to our bosses. In other words, Let's all play our part because I believe when we do, something beautiful happens. And that's what I want to talk to us about today. And the title of my message is Better and Brighter. And I'm going to encourage you, grab your notebooks right now. In fact, I want to remind you, we've got a great app, the Victory Church app, and you can download that app. On that app, we've got our messages. We even have our message notes. So my message notes are there and there's space where you can write down my points. You can make your little, yes, oh, I liked what she said there. Oh, that's a good one, Kath. You can put that in there. You can keep those and come back to them later. It even has its own Bible. So grab your app and we're going to read this morning from Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, and I'm going to read from the message version and it simply says this let me tell you why you are here you're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth if you lose your saltiness how will people taste godliness you've lost your usefulness and you will end up in the garbage here's another way to put it you're here to be light bringing out the God colors in the world God is not a secret to be kept. 
We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If you make a light bearer, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Church, I'm here to remind you, I'm here to remind me today that we are here to influence our world. Why are you here? To influence your world. You know, influence by definition is simply this, the capacity to have an effect on the character, development or behaviour of someone or something. Church, you're here to have an effect on the character, development and behaviour of the people in your world. And I don't know about you, but Jesus uses metaphors like salt and light. And have you ever wondered why salt and light? I mean, I go, Jesus, why don't you appeal to our pride? Like, why don't you say, hey, you are the eagles of the world or you are the lions of the world or the stars of the universe, the roses in the garden, the diamonds in the dirt. I mean, seriously, anything sparkly, gold, majestic, anything but salt and light. He says you are salt seasoning of the earth and light bearers in the world. Church, you and I are salt and you and I are light. And here's what I want you to do for me today. Say it after me. I'm salty. I can't hear you. I'm salty. I know you're saying it by faith. And what about this one? I'm shiny. Awesome, great. You know what? To better understand why Jesus uses salt and light and not lions or eagles or diamonds or gold or stars, we have to understand a few facts about salt and light. And so I'm glad you're here today because I've actually got some facts about salt and light. And the first fact is this. Did you know that salt is a preservative? See, we have to understand that when Jesus was speaking to the people in these times and it was recorded, they actually didn't have refrigerators. Shocking, I know. What would you do without a refrigerator? Here's what you would do. They used to take salt and they would rub it into their meat because it would stop the meat spoiling. It was a form of preserving what it is that they had. So salt was a preservative. Salt's also an antiseptic. You see, again, they didn't have antibiotics or the modern medicine that you and I rely on today. So they would apply salt to wounds to fight infection. I mean, oh, have you ever cut yourself? And I got an idea. Hey, come here, Geordie, let's rub salt into that wound. That's where the saying comes from. But the reason is it's an antiseptic. It would stop infection. When babies were born, and think about the birth process, mums and you've all been there, but the birth process is pretty dramatic. But imagine back in Jesus' day, it was pretty archaic and they used to rub the babies in salt to protect them because of the cuts and abrasions through the dramatic process of uh, being born. So salt is an antiseptic. And thirdly, and I'm sure there's many more, but just three I want to use today, salt is a seasoning and seasoning enhances flavours. 
And um, I grew up in that kind of era where, you know what, salt was bad. Salt was a big no-no on the heart list and you don't add salt to anything because of uh, cholesterol and what it would do to your heart. And several years ago, Tony and I were in South Africa and uh, my girlfriend Fee was with us. We were doing a ministry trip and one of our friends, Craig Clark, is a great friend of this house. He was celebrating his 50th birthday and we were there doing ministry and he had a big party on a Sunday after church and they had this big garden party. And because he did a lot of ministry in Brazil, he had this affiliation uh, with Brazilian culture and he loved the Brazilian barbecue. Shout out to our Brazilian friends. Uh, it's great to have you. In fact, I know Lucy, is, who had to move to Queensland, has been tuning in. So hi. Lucy, it's great to have you. But um, so he had this Brazilian barbecue and they were known for their meat and bread. And I mean, you know what, when you're not into carbs, it's like, it's party central, meat and bread. How good can it get? So um, we were standing around and the waiters were walking around with platters of bread and meat. And this poor waiter makes his way to where Tony and Fiona and myself are. And we take a bite of this meat and we're like, oh. And then this, we did not let this guy go. I think he was trying to get away. We looked like seagulls surrounded him. We are stuffing this meat and going, what is this? Like, what? This is amazing. Like, we were salivating and just gushing over the taste of this meat. And we went and we were chatting with the guys who were cooking the meat. And we're like, seriously, what's the secret? I've got to take this back to Australia. I don't know. I've never tasted meat like it. What is it? And they were so perplexed and confused. And they simply said, it's called salt. And we were like, what kind of new teaching is this? Like, this is salt. My, my life dramatically changed from that day forward. I mean, we just salt on everything. Because salt was a seasoning. It made things better. Hey, here's some facts about light. Do you know that light dispels darkness? I know it's deep, but you know what? When lights are turned on, Darkness is removed. You can't have light and dark at the same time. One of the facts about light is it dispels darkness. Another thing that light does is it reveals. Who's ever walked into the dark room? You've got up in the middle of the night. My bed is always in the same place every night. But if I get up in the middle of the night to make my way to the bathroom, undoubtedly I always whack my leg on the edge of the bed. It's like, who put that bed there? I mean, it's always been there. But when you walk into a room, and you turn the light on, it's all of a sudden the contents are revealed. The light didn't make them there. The light just revealed what was already there. A light, light is a great revealer. And the third thing I want to remind us of this today is that light warns. Just like we have a lighthouse on a rocky outcrop which has the light flowing, it's a warning sign to ships that there's a reef, there's something in the way. Stay in the distance, don't come too close to land, you'll end up being shipwrecked. Light is a warning sign. It's why emergency vehicles have flashing lights so that when we're driving, we've got the music blaring, we're going away, we can see the light warning us, hey, move aside, emergency vehicles coming through. So church... If we're salt, we've got to remember we're here to season. We're here to preserve. We're here to heal. We're here to bind up those in our world. And if we're light, then we've got to shine. We're here to disperse the darkness. We're here to reveal things that are hidden. And we're here to warn the world of things that are to come. Light makes things brighter. Salt makes things better. And so my question to you and my question to me today is are we making things better and are we making 
things brighter. Because that's what the passage I just read to us said. It says, that's what you're here for, to be salt, to bring out the God flavours in the world, to be light, to bring out the God colours in this world. And I just want to spend a little bit of time and talk about three things that I think you and I can do so that we can make this world better, we can make this world brighter. And the first thing is simply this, let's be useful. See, verse, chapter, uh, verse 13 says this, If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to end up in the garbage. But here's the thing. Just as salt is different from pepper, light is different from darkness. And we've got to remember, we need to be different from the world. We're in this world, but church, we're not of this world. We need to be useful and being useful is all about living differently. Because if you're no different, Scripture tells me you're no use. All right, so we need to be different. And if you were tuning in a couple of weeks ago, Tony was sharing the story how we were out as a family to, in a restaurant and as we were leaving, an elderly gentleman held open the door and our son Mitch walked through first and he just said thank you to the man and the man's like, <gasps> and we're like, oh, that's a bit dramatic, okay. And Jordan walked through and she also said thank you and he was like, oh, I can't believe it. And so by this stage, we're concerned that this man is having a heart attack, something's going on. So we asked him, sir, are you okay? What's going on? And he just said, I can't believe this generation, some people with manners, church be useful. We were different. What he was essentially saying is, you're being salt. You're being light. You're being different from what I see. I have not experienced young people doing this before. And that's just one of many stories. Tony and I have been in ministry for 26 years. Our kids grew up in ministry. And in ministry, you have to do a lot of entertaining. You're doing a lot of visiting. You're visiting with speakers. You're out in restaurants. And we had to teach our kids how to be different in the world. I don't know if you've been to a restaurant lately. Well, of course you haven't. COVID-19, they're all closed. But before COVID-19, how many times would you be in a restaurant and kids would be running around or they're screaming? I'm not talking McDonald's. I'm talking good restaurants where people would be, kids would just be making a noise and being over and above. And we just had to teach our kids, no, you know what? This is mum and dad time talking to this. This is what we do in a restaurant. And this is in the days before you had iPads and iPhones where you could just give them something to entertain them. It's about being different. So people, and we would leave restaurants and people would say to us, can I just say thank you? And they'd thank us because our kids sat nicely in a restaurant. And it was great for us because there's several times we'd get a free drink or free ice cream. They, restaurateurs were wanting to reward them because they were being salt and they were being light. And I don't know about you, but in the schoolyard, in your lunchroom, on the working line at work, are you in an environment when people start to say something and they go, oh, oh, I shouldn't say that around you? Or do people feel at liberty and ease to, to act and behave the way they would normally because you're no different? This is how we're salt and light. This is how we're being useful because if we're no different, we're not of any use. And recently, Tony and I were at Life Conference a couple of years ago and Pastor Paul and Marie had asked us if we would do a marriage uh, se session. 
And because of where the uh, hotel was in light of uh, where the conference centre was, they assigned us a driver who would pick us up, take us there, make sure that we turned up on time, uh, could do our session, take us to lunch, help us out. And we spent the day with this uh, young man. He was a really nice guy. And I don't know his history or where it was, but at the end of the day, he just said to us, you know what? He goes, I, I never really was interested in getting married. But I, he said, after spending the day with you guys, watching how you interact, listening to what you said uh, during the seminar, he said, I text my mate and said, if this is what marriage is, I'm interested now. Church, it's actually not that hard. That man saw something different. We were being useful. Church, if you want to make life better, you want to make life brighter, be useful. The second key is be visible. Verse 14 says this, if, you make, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Light can be seen, salt can be tasted. And it reminds me of a story once I made a pavlova. I know you're shocked, but I actually did make a pavlova. And uh, my mum was at home. I think she was working. So I thought, you know what? We had a night of the week where we would make dinner. And so I made dinner and I thought, I'm going to make a pavlova because actually it's my favourite dessert. If ever you're wondering, pavlova, I love it. And so I went to the cupboard and got all the ingredients and I had the recipe and I made this pavlova. And I must say, it looked amazing. It rose nicely, had all the nice peaks and I got the cream and I beat the cream and I put it on and I had all the fruit nicely on there. I mean, it looked schmick. So we had dinner and dessert comes and I'm so proud. I walk my pavlova out and I put it on the table and we cut it and we dish it out. And so we're about to, and you eat it. So we get in there, you get it. You can imagine a big spoon of frothy meringue driveled in cream. Oh, I'm just hungry now thinking about it and fruit on it. We took one mouthful and everybody's just like, what I hadn't realised is I had grabbed the salt instead of the caster sugar. And we've got to remember, guys, salt can't be ignored. It's not like I could actually just, ah, let's pretend that didn't happen and we'll just eat it anyway. No, no, no. It was visible. It was through the whole thing. It was inedible. And I want to remind you, there's no such thing as a secret Christian. You want to make life better, you want to make life brighter, then you need to be visible. Secrecy destroys the witness or the witness destroys the secrecy. You can't have it both ways. We need to live out our Christianity. Live boldly, live graciously, live kindly, live unapologetic. You don't have to be a pain about it, but be visible so people look and go, no, you're different, you're visible. I can see your difference. You're not just telling me you're different. I can see it. If people need help, you know what church, it should be us. How do you think hospitals got birthed? All these things came because Christians wanted to be visible. They saw needs and they wanted to meet them. If people need a help, if they need a leg up, it should be us. It should be the church saying, hey, this is our opportunity to be visible. This is our opportunity to make life better and to make life brighter. I know this to be true. Many people may not read the Bible, but they will read you. And my question is, in what category and section of the library, if you were a book, would they find you? Would it be the horror section? Would it be the lying section? Would it be the fiction section? Or would it be the section of, hey, here's a really good manual for life that's going to help you improve? And the third thing 
I want to remind us of how we can make life better and brighter is we need to be generous. Verse 14 goes on to say, keep open house, be generous with your lives. I discovered with my pavlova, it only took a little salt to make a big difference. Church, I want to remind you, it's not hard to be generous. We can be generous with our words, with our talent, with our time, with our treasure. And I know that we haven't been meeting publicly because of the restrictions of this coronavirus. And I know we've been working hard, just making sure you're feeling cared for and loved on and connected. And as a team, we've been ringing people and checking in on them. And one of the things we decided to do is we wanted to ring our uh, nurses and our frontline workers, those we knew were in the frontline. And we've been ringing them and just simply saying to them, hey, We recognise you're a nurse. Hey, we recognise you do this. We just want to say one thank you. We appreciate what it is that you're doing. We love the fact that you're going to work every day, doing what you're gifted for, but doing it so that you can help make this world a better, brighter place. Hey, we're letting you know we're praying for you. We're thinking of you. We're praying for your family. Is there anything practically we can do for you? And can I tell you, church, the response from them was like they were shocked and amazed and thank you for thinking of us. It's not hard. It doesn't take big things, but we can be generous. And when we're generous, when we're generous, we're being making life better and we're making life brighter for people. So church, these are the things that we're talking about. This is what it is to be salt and to be light that you need to do today. And so I just want to remind you that you're here to be an influence in your world. You are salt and you are light. Remember, let's not leave it to mum. Let's make our world better. Let's make our world brighter. How? By being useful, by being visible and by being generous. Let's bring out the God colours and the God flavours in our world today. Amen? Amen. It's awesome. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au.